بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين يا باب السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته tonight inshallah we will continue to discuss the chapter we have started last week chapter number 35 and we said that chapter of kitab at-tawhid is talking about the case of patience and the author rahimahullah he mentioned some ayahs and some hadith to show or to be evidences for the case of patience and we said that what is the connection or relation with tawhid the case of patience we said that patience is a heart worshiping and any worshiping is a monotheism and the opposite of it is a polytheism so in this case it has a very strong connection with the case of tawhid <coughs> we still have three hadith in this topic we will discuss them tonight inshallah ta'ala first one is Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu narrated to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that's in Bukhari Muslim that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said meaning he is not of us who does the following and when we hear this word from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that a person is not from us or a cursed person or a damned person or not a Muslim or not a Mu'min any of these sentences will give you directly the understanding that what is coming after that is a major sin a major sin this is a rule done by ulama rahimahumullah that anything that Muhammad gives a strong punishment in dunya or in akhirat or in both means or even in kitabullah of course before that that means this sin going to talk about is a major sin major sin means what? means like drinking alcohol, drugs Zina, uh, adultery, so on. And major sin in dunya, Ahl-Sunnah wa Jama'ah, they believe that a person who falls into major sin in dunya and dies without repentance, he is going to be under the will of Allah. He may forgive him in the first place in Judgment Day, and he may not. And if he is not forgiven, he will go to Jahannam, na'udhu billah, to, to hellfire for a certain time, but he will not be settled in the hellfire. So in Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah in the middle, Al-Khawarij, as an example, they say a person who falls into major sin and dies without repentance, he is going to be settled forever in Jahannam, na'udhu billah. The other side called Al-Murjiyah, they say whoever does whatever in his life, as long as he say, La ilaha Muhammad Rasulullah, he is going to be Jannah directly. And his Iman and faith is the same as Abu Bakr and Umar, radiallahu anhum, and that's a very big faith. While Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah, alhamdulillah, they follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his way by understanding the, the difference between a person who is still in Islam but he's making sins whether they are major or minor or between the person who is out of Islam already that big difference as, as you can see among these hadith so Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this hadith which is narrated by Bukhari al-Muslim to Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhuma radiallahu anhu he said that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said not one of us whoever slammed his cheeks that of course 
used to be done and maybe it's still done by some Muslims when they have a tragedy. Especially if there's a very close relative who's dying, they start to slam their cheeks. That's Latum. Latum or Latum. Uh, Latum actually you can see it's very clearly with, with Rafi Shia. They do for Latum but not in the cheeks, in the back and the chest. They do this in Ashura. Doing this like because they are saying that uh, that day was the day of killing Al Hussein ibn Ali radiallahu anhuma. And so they make this niyaha, na'udhu billah, and crying and bleeding. Even the children, they bring the children, they hit them with knives. You can see this in pictures now on the internet. It's very uh, famous now. Alhamdulillah, li'afana. We thank Allah SWT that we are saved from this yani, crazy things of doing this niyaha, na'udhu billah. So whoever slammed his cheeks, or cut his clothes, or say bad words which is used to be said by al Jahiliya in the dark ages before Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. These people who are doing these things, they are not from Muslims. Laysa minna, yani he is not from us. And us in here, by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is Muslims. So in this hadith, clear that whoever does one of these things, he is not a patient. He has no patience. And this chapter is discussing the case of patience. So now he is losing the patience, he is not having the patience to the extent that he is falling into major sins. That's very dangerous. It could lead also to kufr or polytheism, which is against Tawheed. So a, a monotheist must be so careful that he will not do such things. Enough for us to say that Muhammad وسلم, tell us to refrain from doing these things. But, yani, it means we will have a very tough heart that we will not care about the people who die or tragedies. That's impossible, of course. Human being is a human being. Even Muhammad وسلم, when his son Ibrahim السلام, died, he had some tears. He wept. So Sahaba were amazed. Yes, what is this? He said, it's tears. This is rahmah, mercy in the heart of the human being. But he never said things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like. He doesn't make any noise or this. He does not allow people to sit down at the house and women start to cry and say, Oh my this and oh my that. Which is not allowed in Islam. So this hadith really is showing us, as we said in Bukhari Muslim, it shows that impatience of a person when he is not having a patient, patience when he is facing trouble. A Muslim when he has tragedies, we said, as we said in the beginning, he should have patience. Just to remind ourselves that patience in Islam is in three levels. Patience in Islam is three levels. First level is to be patient with the deeds that Allah told us to do. Because to fast Ramadan, 12 hours or more a day, you need a patience. To wake up for a regular prayer and pray with jama'ah needs a patience. That's one side. The second side, we said, that to have a patience in not to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing things that He told us to refrain from doing. Especially those things which yani, concern our strong desires, like women, like money, like this, you know. A patience in here that a person will stop himself from taking these things or doing these things which Allah Ta'ala told him not to do, although he loves them a lot. So he needs the patience in here. And the third time, as we said, which is talking in here, the case of patience and tragedies. 
whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided for the, his, his slaves, you know, it could be, yani, as we will see later on, inshallah, in the other hadith, it could be bad for the person, as he thinks, but it's actually it's having and containing good things for him. Because Allah does not make bad things completely, or evil things. He subhanahu wa ta'ala make things for his slaves that may be bad for him, as he thinks, but actually the result of it will be fantastic, as we will see, inshallah, in the next hadith. The other hadith is narrated by Anas radiallahu anhu warrah and it is also sahih inshallah the Al-Albani said it is in Tirmidhi but Al-Albani said it is sahih as he said in sahih al-jami' with number 308 uh, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi said in this hadith that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants a good thing for his slaves he will bring his punishment in dunya for his bad things and if he doesn't subhanahu wa ta'ala he will leave the punishment to the judgment day here comes the point here yani actually you can see that punishment will be three levels punishment will be three levels or three kinds First one is in this dunya. Our first one should be, the first one is to be in the judgment day. If a person is punished in judgment day, means he is losing a lot. Because he may go to Jahannam for a while, even if he is a Muslim, even if he is a manifest. But if Allah is going to punish him in the judgment day, he will send him to Jahannam, hellfire for a while. And this while in here, you don't know how much. It could be one million years. And this is a while because Anything, any number you, you, you compare to Trinity, or infinity, sorry, infinity, which is recorded in, 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 in mathematics, infinity, any number you compare is nothing. One million to infinity is nothing. Like zero. So, someone, we know that the people in the judgment day will go to Jannah and to Jahannam. Good Muslims, inshallah, will go to Jannah and Kafirin, hypocrites, and bad Muslims who are not forgiven or not accepted Shabbat for them, they will go to Jahannam for a while. For Kafirin, they will be settled forever. But for a Muslim, a manifest who was having a lot of bad things in his life, and his scale judgment day was so light, and he is going to his mother Jahannam. But he is not going to be settled there forever. So in this case now, the first level, or the first kind of punishment from Allah Taala, ta'ala and the worst one will be in judgment day. The second kind or level of punishment will be in life. This is easier than the one which is in the judgment day, which is about this hadith. This hadith is telling us that if Allah punishes his slave in dunya for what bad things he has done, that's easier than punishing him in the judgment day. Of course, the last one, which is the best one of them, is to be forgiven. No punishment. And a person who's done bad things in his life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be merciful with him, will be generous with him to, to, to forgive him even for these things, in dunya and akhir. That's of course the best. But yani, uh, sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may 
by his own wisdom subhanahu wa ta'ala know that this person deserves to be punished whether in dunya or in the akhirah. So in this case, punishment in the akhirah will be the worst one, which we mentioned in the first place. Actually, this hadith is telling us that a person who is having trouble in dunya may be punishment. And if they are punishment, this is some kind of condolence to the person who has having this problem because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving him this punishment in dunya, so he will erase his sins. That's if we say that for erasing his sins. Because actually anything happening to us in this dunya, any trail, any fitnah, any test in our life is one of two reasons. Whether to punish, whether it's a punishment from Allah to us, or it could be to raise up our levels in Jannah. Who can decide? That's another case. We'll talk about it later on. But just put in mind that any tragedy you are facing in this dunya, losing money, losing children, losing health, having problems, accidents, this, that, fire, all of these from Allah. That's for first place. Then we say it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It could be a punishment. And this punishment, if it happens as a punishment, it will actually erase or move our sins in this case. So we will not have punishment in the judgment day. Take an example of a person who is, when he steals, a thief, when he steals and he's caught and he admits that, when he admits that, then they decide to cut his hand. Cutting the hand is a tragedy. Right? Cutting the hand is a tragedy. But this cutting now will make him free from this sin, halas, no more. In judgment day, he will not be punished. Because it cannot be punished within dunya and punished within Akhara both. For the same problem, or the same mistake, or the same sin. Same thing for, for hitting the, 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 the uh, uh, person who makes adults who are zina. Upon the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu about that lady, the Ghamidiyya lady who came to him, to him sallallahu alayhi and she admitted zina until and he sent her back, she came back, he sent her again, and she came back until he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw her child already eating by himself then he told his sahaba to tie her with her clothes so she will not yani, be seen after then he told the sahaba to throw rocks onto him to her to her until she dies that's a punishment now ah this punishment in here saved her and cleared her from punishment for judgment day who said so? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because one of the sahaba when he was throwing rocks in her, some of her blood came to his crew. So he cursed her. So Muhammad said, don't do this. Don't say this. She made a tawbah, a repentance, as all the people in Medina made it, to be left for her, for them. Her tawbah is left for all Medina people. And the other hadith, he, so said, he saw her in Jannah. He saw her in Jannah. Now, so the her punishment in dunya, was good for her. And she actually ran, ran for that because she wanted this. She came to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for two years. She is coming to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asking him to make, to, to kill her. Upon the, the Sharia of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. To throw rocks in her. And this person, she came, he sent her back. She came again, he sent her back. She came again, and she said, Ya Rasulullah, I have a proof. She said what? She said, she is pregnant. She's pregnant. She says, okay, go until you deliver this baby. How many? 
nine months. So she's coming now. So this lady is insisting of having punishment in dunya instead of having it in the judgment day. She came after nine months with the baby. Again, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam turned her back and said, go, feed him until he eats by himself. So the baby for three, for two, another, another two years now, he is drinking her, his mother's milk. After two years, she brought him eating food by himself, bread. She is still insisting, and if she did not come back, Muhammad will not run after her. Actually, he is giving her a chance to make tawbah and as-salam, khalas, he will come back. But he, sallallahu alayhi wa but she, radiallahu anha, still insisting of having the punishment in dunya, so she will be saved in judgment day. A wise woman, because she is thinking about the judgment day more than she is thinking about dunya. This hadith is telling us the same case, that if a mu'min, if a person who is a true Muslim is having a problem in this dunya, tragedy, at least he will think that this is fantastic for him, however. Whether it's raising his sins or it is raising him up in the levels of Jannah. This is a big condolence for a person who is having a problem. He will not be impatient or impatient. He will be patient because he knows this is from Allah, one case. He will know that this is a punishment for some bad things he has done or this will make him higher in Jannah. So in every case, he is a winner. In every case, he is a winner. That's the hadith here. He's showing this, this case that if Allah wants to make his slave, if Allah loves his slave, he will punish him in dunya uh, instead of punishing him in the judgment day. But we are not supposed to run after that, by the way. Yani, what this Sahabiyyah uh, uh, did is a good thing for her, but it's not supposed to be done by every Muslim is having a problem. Yani, if a person is having a zina or having yani, uh, drinking alcohol, this will go, okay, I'll go, I'll go to the ruler to kill me. So I'll be not very punished in the judgment day. This is not. We're not supposed to do this. We're supposed to make repentance and stick into it. Because subhanallah, shaitan, na'udhu billahi min shaitan, try to push human beings, Muslim to make bad things. <coughs> Sometimes shaitan is sorry that he pushed this person to do these bad things. Why? Why? Because when this person does bad things, then he repent to Allah Taala and start to make more good deeds and more good deeds to erase this sin, shaitan is really stuck with this. He hates this. He doesn't want him to do this. So he feels sorry that he pushed this person to make this bad sin. He wishes he did not. Because this person after the, the, the sin is a lot better before the sin than he was before the sin. Before the sin, maybe he was regularly and he's doing salam. But uh, he made the sin, then he made, a big, he made a big repentance. He made strong repentance and lots of good deeds. After that, Shaitan said, Wallahi, I wish I did not do this. I wish I did not push him to do this bad thing. Subhanallah al The other hadith, narrated also by Anas radiallahu anhu, which is narrated by Tirmidhi rahimahullah, and Albani said it is sahih, it is hasan. It is hasan, it's good as he mentioned in Sahih al-Jama' with number 2110. This hadith, Muhammad sallallahu said in it that the higher 
يعني ريورد ويل بي ويل بي سترونجر بانشمنت او بروبلم تراجيدي The more the person is having tragedies in his dunya, his reward will be higher if he has patience. If he has patience. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves some people, he will give them a trait. Fitna, test. Whoever accepts and be satisfied and pleasure of whatever comes from Allah, Allah will be satisfied with him. Whoever dislikes that, he has, dis- he, is not a, he has a displeasure, then he will not have pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will have the opposite. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not be happy with him. Now, this will, will be another condolence for the person who is having trouble. That when he is having this, more and more, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves him. In Allah, in the other hadith also, which is closer to this one, or very close to this one, إن الله إذا أحب عبدا ابتلاه. When Allah loves one, someone of his faith, he gives him more trouble in life. Some people say no, it should be the other way around. If Allah loves someone, he will give him more good things. No. Not true. When he loves someone, he gives him more problems, more tragedies, because he wants to raise him up, subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can prove this easily by studying the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All of us agree, every Muslim should say that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the, the best person ever walked on earth. Sayyid Walad Adam sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The one who is chosen by Allah wa ta'ala among all of these people to be the best messenger who is sent to all people from his time until the end of this earth. While the other messengers were sent on to their own nations only. Still he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, although he is with this high level as a messenger, he was suffering a lot of troubles. Troubles of his people in da'wah. Troubles in his body, in sickness. As he said in the hadith that he is receiving, يعني, uh, pain, double of our pain. And he suffered even while he died, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He suffered. He وسلم, used to be hungry. As our mother Aisha told us in so many hadith we have mentioned already that, he, that the houses of Muhammad وسلم, sometimes they stay two months, complete two months with no cooking. And when her nephew, Allah ibn Zubair, asked her, our mother, what was your food? She said, the two blacks, date and water. Any one of us can stay in two months eating only dates and water? We still cannot say that we are better than Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We are not even look like Muhammad Sallallahu But this is the case. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala loved Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He gave him more and more trials in his life Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because he is the highest in Jannah. Fil Firdaus Al-A'la. Now, we want the example This is the best example we can say. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ Anybody want to have examples from around, they are making mistake. Example of Gandhi or that guy, that, this is wrong, this is wrong. The example is the one who Allah already gave us to take as an example, Muhammad ibn Abdullah صلى الله عليه وسلم. 
Look at his life, how much he suffered, how much he paid, how much he suffered for what? To save us. To save us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is suffering in his food, in his body, in his life, in everything. Still he is patient, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because Allah wanted to raise him up. That's why in this hadith he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Allah loves some people, he will give them more trials. More trouble in their life. And it is enough mercy of Allah wa ta'ala not to make us love dunya. Because if we have a fancy life, we will love dunya. We don't want to leave it. We don't want to do anything. We have too, if we have too much luxury, we will not be capable of doing what Allah tells us to do. Especially when there is jihad required from Muslims. Who will go to jihad while he's in luxury? He will leave the air conditioning and the refrigerators and the fancy cars and the fancy houses to go to fight the Catherine in the hut, in the heat or in the cold, freezing weather. No one will do that. Nobody will do this if they are in luxury. So actually we are supposed to feel that any trail, any trouble in, this, in our life should be good for us to make us tough enough and to save our Hasanat, good deeds in the two judgment day. Umar al-Khattab, once, he was talking to the Sahaba, while he was Khalifa. He was so hungry. His stomach was making sound, while he was making khutbah, in the member. Umar al-Khattab, a leader of a nation, starts from Libya to Iran, or more than that. A wide nation, a wide country, and he cannot find something to eat. He can, but he doesn't want to, because he said, no way to feel full until the children of Muslims are full. Now, he was telling people that when they told him, Ya Amir Mumin, why don't you eat something so you will be strong enough for your work? You are taking care of the whole nation, the whole ummah of Muhammad. Why don't you do something? Why don't you eat something? He said, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that Allah will tell me in the judgment day, as he mentioned to some bad people, Your tayyibat, Allah is mentioning to these people, your tayyibat have already eaten your dunya. You enjoyed it, خلاص. You have no more tayyibat in the judgment day. A'udhu billah. A'udhu billah. To be like these people. Again to say, does that mean we have to run for that? Again, no. If Allah gives you, take it. But take it in the correct way. If you are a millionaire, I hope you are all millionaires. No problem. Okay, if you are a millionaire, fine. Use this money in the correct way. Make sure correct. Halal in, halal out. If you are a millionaire, if you have lots of money, alhamdulillah. Use this money as the, 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 the wealthy Sahaba used to do with it. Like Uthman ibn Affar, like Zubair ibn Awam, Abd Rahman ibn Awf. They have millions. I told you before, Uthman ibn Awf, when he died, or Zubair ibn Awam, one of them I cannot remember now. When he died, they counted. His inheritance, it was 59 million dinars. 15 59 million? Yes. But how did he gain it? Hanky-bucky way? No. 
He get it from halal way. He used to do tijara, business, but halal business. And he used to give a lot. Good money for good man, yes. Bad money for good man, wrong. Bad money for bad man, also wrong. Bad, bad, good money for bad man, also wrong. The only one is accepted is to good man to good, good, good money to good man. A good money. نعم المال الصالح. حديث محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم. نعم المال الصالح للرجل الصالح. مال الصالح means the halal money, the good money. للرجل الصالح, the good man. The person who is good, the person who is fantastic, the one who receives it from halal way and spends it in halal way. Now, if you have money and you do like Uthman ibn Affan, or like Abu Bakr who started his life he was worthy lots of money then he died in debit why? because he brings his money like this once Muhammad asked the Sahaba for Sadaqah because they were poor people when Umar ibn Khattar heard this he said oh, today I will try to raise Abu Bakr I will be better than Abu Bakr so he brought half of his money imagine now he having 2,000 riyals, you take 5,000 riyals and take it to Muhammad Anyone of us can give his half of his salary for sadaqah? I don't think so. Alhamdulillah. But let's just to see it. When he took his half of his money to Muhammad he found Abu Bakr already brought all of his money. So Rasulullah said to Abu Bakr, he asked him, what did you leave for your children, your family? He said, I left for them Allah and Rasulullah. Allah and Rasulullah for, for them. Strong Iman, strong faith. That he brought all of his money and gave it to Rasulullah for these people. And he did, left nothing for his family. But as mentioned also by Bilal, that Rasulullah told him once, give whatever in your bucket and money will come to you from right. Do worry. Today's risk is really in your bucket. Tomorrow's risk will come, inshallah. Every day will have its own risk. Do worry about that. No one will die from hunger. Especially nowadays. But if someone wants extra luxury, there's another case. If we want to have a fancy life, then some people say, well, I can't, I can't you know, eat a regular mango. I have to have unfortunate mango. MashaAllah. Don't sleep on a regular bed. You have to have water bed. Don't sleep. This is not our fancy life. This life is only to pass. The true fancy life will be in judgment day. In Jannah. Where no troubles. No problems. No headaches. No sickness. There, that's the time where we can satisfy and enjoy happiness and, and uh, life things or the, the, the luxury things. But in Jannah here you cannot satisfy. If you have one million riyals, can you eat? Buy 500,000 riyals? Can you buy food and eat it all your own time? If you eat more than you can, you will be sick. But in Jannah, you can eat as much as you can. As you want. And you will have no trouble in the stomach. You will have no trouble in going to the bathroom even. Because there is no bathroom in there. All you have to do is just sweat. And your sweating is with musk. Smelling. That's it. So whoever wants to move 
The luxury of Jannah to dunya is a big mistake. This dunya only to suffer. To suffer for Allah wa ta'ala. And everybody is suffering. The kafirin are suffering. The mu'mineen are suffering. Both of them are suffering. But some people are suffering to go to Jahannam. And somebody is suffering now. And the other part is suffering to go to Jannah. يَا أَيُّهَا الْإِنْسَانُ إِنَّكَ كَادِحٌ إِلَى رَبِّكَ كَدْحًا فَمُلَاقِي إنسان القرآن when you hear Allah that talking about إنسان that means regularly both كافرين المؤمنين when Allah said يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِسَكُتُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ only when he says يَا أَيُّهَا الْإِنْسَانُ يَا أَيُّهَا الْنَّاسِ that means the usually مؤمنين الكافرين so Allah in this ayah is saying subhanahu wa ta'ala Ya ayyuhal insanu innaka kadihun ila rabbika kadhan famulaqih You are going to face trouble and a lot of tired life Then you will meet Allah That's the meaning of it So the kafir will have a lot of trouble in his life Then he will meet Allah will go to Jahannam And the moment he may have a lot of trouble in his life Then he will meet Allah, Allah s.a.w. will send him to Jannah and big difference now between these two terrible lives. As we said before, and we have mentioned so many times, that don't think the decathlon, although they are having a fancy life, a luxury life, don't think they are happy. They are suffering. Wallahi, they are suffering more than a lot of Muslims. In fact, those poor Muslims who are in poverty are better life than these people. But what can we say for those Muslims who are tricked by the lights, tricked by the outer things of this civilization, if we can call it civilization. This hadith will conclude our topic tonight, inshallah. Trying to explain this case of patience, and that patience, as we mentioned in the beginning, with the three types of patience, and a mu'min is required to have these three patients in all of his life in order to be a true mu'min and he should consider that this life is only a test for him. A test means he is going to suffer in it every kind of problem, then he will leave this dunya and he will be relaxing in his grave, then in the Jannah, inshallah ta'ala. Any questions, I'll be happy to hear from you. Is that good enough knowledge to write, right? Alhamdulillah. Jazakumullah khair for listening. We'll see you in the next week. Jazakumullah khair.